football season is back. No, not that four-team invitational. No, not the NFL or the AAF or the XFL, but the FCS. Week one saw one game, a Division II school that transitioned to FCS. Their name, Tarleton State. But they lost to a big-name FCS foe, McNeese State. McNeese State won an OT on a TD run by the Bayou Bengal Cub Orgeron at quarterback. Ed Orgeron's kid plays quarterback at McNeese State. Pretty impressive. More games are slated for this weekend. Sadly, they're mostly on ESPN+. Um, Guys, will you guys be following any FCS football this weekend? I'm going to tune in. Yes. Now, obviously, I kind of figured, Brandon, you were a yes. Danny, Kyle, I know you're big FCS fans. Are you tuning in to FCS football this weekend? No, it's it's basketball watching season for me now. I've kind of – no. If, if, these, if these were like the first college football games that were on. They are the first college football games that are on. Yeah, it doesn't count. <laughs> I got – we got enough college football watching in this this season that no, I don't I don't feel like I need that fix right now. And you just said big name McNeese State, and that's really a turnoff for me. Okay, okay, Kyle. I mean, please uh, uh, don't kill my spirits any more than Danny just did. What's Kyle doing? He's just like <laughs> like we obviously. You threw it to Brandon. He made his comment. You asked me. We're all just looking at Kyle, and he's just sort of looking back at the screen. Like, do you not realize this is your your time to jump in here, Kyle? I, I thought my silence was going to be answer enough in terms of if I was going to watch it or not. I don't watch them on a regular basis when there's legitimate football on, and I will not Ooh, be Legitimate football. <laughs> legitimate football he says all right so if not let me ask you a question because this actually andy kind of fits into my my main topic for tonight if you didn't have access to like espn plus or some random you know feed online to watch these games would you care about fcs football like before all this technology was available that you could really actually watch all these games did you care and and why? Guys, so how did you even keep track or pay it? Like, what what drew you in when you couldn't watch them on television? Got root for the little guy, you know. How do you I root think, for like pre-internet? How do you root for a team? I like wasn't born pre-internet, Danny. Okay, <laughs> like I hope you understand that. I've always had the internet. For me, and going so you, to school at Shattern. Being a Division II football fan is probably where it was for me. And then following the RMAC and then D2football.com, you know, we checked out other sites. So Tarleton, uh, that that team actually ended uh, undefeated season in the playoffs at Shattering back in the day. And I remember like across the stadium, this fan going, Jackson's and Shattering was winning early. So we were all kind of jawing it back over to that side. And then at the end, so you were watching these games live in person. Yeah. And then, uh, so division two was kind of my first experience of non, you know, big time football or whatever you want to call it. And then, uh, going to, uh, Northern Iowa versus South Dakota state game. Uh, 
and then just kind of being around their fans and stuff. And like we watched the Iowa Hawkeye game at a sports bar before the game and it was full of Hawkeye fans. This was Nebraska Big 12 days. So I didn't hate the Hawkeyes at this time. It was it was before my hatred towards them. And so uh, we would we went there watching everybody's rooting for Iowa and he's like, okay, I kind of root for Iowa with you. And then right after the game, like everybody's like pulling off their hoodies and stuff and they had their purple Panther gear on and stuff. And then they all started just walking uh, to Northern Iowa and in the UNI dome or whatever they call it. And it was like outside, it was, it was packed. The stadium was loud because it was indoors, but it was full and like tailgating everywhere. And like, to me, that was when I was like, dude, it's actually kind of a big time deal. And UNI, I think that, I don't remember if that was the year they competed for a national championship or if it, if it was the year before or after or something. But uh, just their traditions and everything and how much the community bought into it, that was when I was kind of sold on FCS football. And especially like after <laughs> Appalachian State beats Michigan, you know, and stuff like that. The parody of college football, like FCS, you're getting a lot of players drafted now, you know, and, and it's not so weird. So to me it's still a good brand of football and I I'm going to follow Northern Iowa just because I like them and seeing what some of those other teams, how they do. That's me though. Danny, you ready for my humble brag of the week? Yeah, it's early, but yeah. Okay. Get your Nebraska land drinks ready here. (laughs) So the the way I kind of got into it was uh, growing up five foot nine on a good day in cleats plus lifts on those cleats um but i knew i was going to be big time and so like i'd get re- like letters from recruiting call like colleges recruiting um, but there'd always be schools that no one had ever really heard of and so i kind of opened up this world of uh like following other smaller schools and kind of seeing what um what other brands of football were out there and stuff like that and so now it's just kind of cool to do it that way, but then Brandon kind of hit on the head when you'd have some of those FCS upset or at least play competitive with some big, big-time football teams that you know, it just opens that door. And so I follow a lot of the D3 because I played D3 football, and then obviously with UNK jumping to the RMAC, from the RMAC to the MIAA, that's been a big one. Um, Maggie's brother-in-law, uh, played left tackle for Northwest Missouri State when they were like back to back to back to back runner-ups. And so um, just small school football around and, and the, these neck of the woods over here, Danny. Are, is it, are we playing towards a national championship? Is there a spring national championship? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And usually least, there's – There is something a, riding. Usually it's a 24-team tournament, but this year it's oh. only 16. So, you know – some teams are going to. I may give it a watch when, when we get to the when we get to the bracket. I may, I might give it a watch. There's my answer. Deal. Some of what you guys are describing. Here's here's since, since you got the humble brag. Let me make a soccer reference. Um, it kind of reminds me of like lower division, like uh, English football. How every community has a club, um, big or small. Some of these clubs, you know, they might get fifty people watching their games. Um, but the, the town, little towns and little communities just rally around their, 
their little club and they're very passionate about it. And they do uh, what's called the FA Cup, where every division gets to play in it. It's like the English championship. And so you'll get a team like, um, like Manchester City that has to go to some little town where their stadium might hold like 500 people. And so like, you know, the, one of the, the world's greatest soccer teams get to go play in the, in the little town. And it's something for those little communities to be excited about and rally around. So it reminds me a little bit, a little bit of that. Now you just use Man City and world's greatest soccer club in the same sentence. That At may some upset point some of our listeners saying Man City as the example and then following up with the best soccer club. Uh, at, at some point, a few years I'm ago, just, I'm they, just had saying. A, they had a good run. Your words, uh, your words that, are that was the team that just jumped out. It was actually Tottenham earlier this year that went and played. And the team that they played against was literally like a local club. Like there were teachers on the team and just people from around the town playing against uh, not, not this season, but a Champions League team. That's just my That's- comparison. Kyle, are you with us still? Um, what? Playing, all the hits. what? playing all the hits for you. <laughs> ah, geez. If you're, if you're really following along with your Nebraska land drinks, I think some people are, aren't going to make it to the end. <laughs> all right. You so be about my hometown. <laughs> <laughs> Jumping back. If you're not all up on FCS football this weekend, you know, I'm sure there's some basketball you can watch, as, as Danny alluded to. But before we get too far into it, Brandon. Just, just so you oh, guys know, when, when this FCS National Championship will be being decided, I'm assuming you're going to be right in the midst of either a playoff or a, an NBA playoff race or the NBA playoffs. So, uh, yeah, I'm probably out. Thanks for letting us know that, Kyle. Now we can't even assume. We Now we know definitively. Brandon, what's good? Well, last Friday, got the old shot, the old sec two of, shot two of two, and uh, didn't feel very good uh, Friday night. And it was much like pretty much every Spider-Man movie I ever saw. He gets bit by the spider. Then that night, he's tossing and turning, doesn't feel right, you know, and first I looked down and my pants were a lot smaller, but it, I was wearing shorts and somehow they pushed up and then uh kind of circle back Brandon, to, let's what, what, what type of story are we getting into oh well, you know just trying to give you a, a little picture of it all and then uh going back to how like ideas i have in my sleep or when i'm kind of awake that i think are awesome you know so as this was happening i thought i remember like my shoes were getting untied a lot more often i thought maybe that was a coincidence and then i was bundled up that night and it was super cold and uh, I had a hoodie on and I had it tied and I woke up, hoodie untied, down, blanket off me. Why would I kick off the blanket off me if I was cold? That makes no sense. Makes zero sense. So I was starting to think maybe my power was that I can be untied. Like if I, I couldn't be captured. So I thought maybe I could be like a Houdini. And then I thought, you know, like the line down the middle the line down the middle of the air hockey thing that wasn't going to bind to me. I reached across that border, you know, nothing <laughs> could tackle me. And so I thought I would be who did. So you turn into a super cheater. Well, I thought maybe, you know, you know, 
wordsmith or what have you, you know, whatever you want to define it as. But then I thought, oh man, that'd be great. And this is my idea when I woke up, I was like, I could be like Houdini and the bad guys catch me. And then they go into the boss and they're like, hey, and they'll, he'll be like, who is it? And then they'd be like, Houdini. And I escaped and then he would be like, no, he didn't. And then so like in my mind, like saying it like that, and it kind of rhymed with Houdini, sounded super clever. But then after waking up the next day and not feeling sick, then I was like, worst thing ever. So that was my original idea. But then I realized that's a coincidence. So there is a 95% chance that I do have superpowers. And I tweeted this out uh, Saturday sometime, still when my judgment was focusing on whether good ideas are bad. And then I said I would reveal it for my what's good. 95% have superpowers. The bigger question is, did the shots give those powers to me? Or did it enhance the powers in me? Kind of like, so was I born with them like Superman? Or was it like brought out through uh, intense conditions like Deadpool? And uh, so ultimately, I think I've always had this power. And here's, here's what it is. Let me flash back. Little version of me at visiting my grandma and grandpa in Potter, Nebraska. And my sister was playing outside. And you can ask her about it sometime you you can ask this this is verified this happened we're outside playing around it's a little cloudy nothing too scary and i said hey look it's a tornado over there no sooner than i pointed my finger but a funnel cloud drops from the sky sirens are going up and at that time i was like whoa what a coincidence little did i know that you know you hear a kid's playing with matches i'm the kid who can control weather just pointing and right there it, it just happened to come through I couldn't contain it and so I never thought much of it years passed and then I think about what just recently happened we had the power go out because of all these sub-zero temperatures all of a sudden I was feeling crummy all weekend and, and all weekend I was like man I felt like I got jipped out of a weekend I wish somehow I could have a day to rest and recuperate to do whatever I want to after feeling so bad this weekend. All of a sudden, I caused sub-zero temperatures, knock out the power grid to a big part of North America, and, uh, and, I, and I caused that from happening. And then I thought, you know what? After I got my first shot, it started dropping in temperature, get my second shot, boom, now we're negative 20s and all this. So here's, here's the thing, I either A, and some kind of a celestial entity with elemental powers uh, where I can control maybe just freezing or weather, I don't know, but obviously with the tornado from that. So I either control weather in that sense, or I can take thoughts and desires from my mind and materialize them into reality. So uh, I'm going to practice both of them, like just kind of a week on one, a week on another and see what happens. And I'll see if I can like create a snow globe in, in the palm of my hand, or I'll see if uh, I can try to whisper, you know, whisper a Diet Pepsi and then have a Diet Pepsi appear in front of me. Small things that aren't gonna have such catastrophic events as a tornado or uh, global freezing. So that, uh, that's what's good for me is that 
I could expect to be a Avenger anytime soon. And I'm looking out for people in suits who look suspicious following me because right now in some hidden lair, people are saying Brandon Peterson is the most dangerous weapon that this world has ever seen. And we need to capture him before he becomes too dangerous for himself and the rest of the world. And then uh, they're going to catch me and try to make me extract my powers from me. But I Well, yeah, I mean, you just shut down power to millions of people. So yeah. if you're admitting to that, I would say there is going to be some people in suits coming after you soon. Tell them they better be prepared. Can you go ahead and melt, melt the snow now? Can we move on to that? I mean, I'm a little afraid to do something that drastic because then I could maybe flood the earth with lava for all I know. You know, it's you give a kid also, a magnifying glass to burn ants and he destroys the world. That could be what happens. I don't know if what's happening here, but a few minutes ago while Andy was talking, I noticed you polished off a Diet Pepsi. <laughs> and now it appears that there is a full Diet Pepsi in your hand. So good job. Thanks. I mean... I'm here all week. I'm here all week. <laughs> so, Kyle, what's good with you? Well, not superpowers, I wish, but uh, no. What's good with me is uh, just a big, big week in terms of sports at our at our local high school. We got uh, team I coach the the girls basketball team there. Uh, we found out that we get to host our districts. We're one of the top seven teams. We're number six actually. So get to host a couple of games, hopefully, and make it to, to state for the second year in a row. And then uh, today, our wrestling team uh, sent 13 out of a possible 14 kids down to state, and five of them are still alive uh, to win a state championship. So uh, they'll, they'll wrestle the semifinals tomorrow, and we'll, we'll see how many of them can make it to the, to the finals. So uh, – that's my kind of what's good is hopefully the, the school will be buzzing a little bit tomorrow uh, as some of these matches are starting to happen. Solid. Oh, hosting a district is, is a good accomplishment. Yeah. Reminds me of, reminds me of last year uh, when you guys won the, won the district. That was yeah, if, a if fun we could and exciting a, night. If we could have a repeat of that, that was some of the, the most, the, the best atmospheres we've, we've ever had. So, Hopefully, if we can duplicate that, we can duplicate the, the wins on our end. Um, that's why I always put down we have to do set goals or whatever for the upcoming season. I always assume if you if you can be hosting a district uh, tournament, that means that you had a pretty successful yeah. season. Some things went well. Yeah. It's just fun seeing the Metro teams have to come out here and all their gripe about Oh, but what if they lose? And then do we have to go play a second game out there, even if the, they get upset by the four seed? And then, so because didn't they make a rule a couple of years ago about then it gets replaced at the second highest seed or something like that? Because it used to not be that way, right? The highest seed always hosts. Why well, not? Like I, in game by game, it's always like the the two three matchup is going to be whichever the number number two seed is at. That and that is. Recent, more recent, yeah, like I think 2013. That was a result of some complaints. <laughs> I guess that's what I was alluding to. Was the issue uh, of 
2013, I think, was when they changed it. And it probably it was a, a North Platte game that kind of led to the change. But Well, what Eastern what Eastern parts of the state didn't like is when two Eastern teams would have to drive all the way out here to play each other. Which was always kind of a comical thing. Yeah, if uh, if they, if it was still that way, uh, game one of the night would be Bellevue East playing uh, Millard North, which is probably less than fifteen miles apart, and they would have to drive three three and a half hours, four hours just to to play each other. Host the districts, and you want to have that problem. Yeah, don't suck. Prior to 2013, I suppose. <laughs> I can care in one hand and poop in the other and see which one's going to fill faster. <laughs> you will drive out all this way and you will like it. Danny, what's, uh, what's good with you? Uh, I, have, I have several little things. I'm going to mention all of them and just see where it goes. Number one is uh, it turns out, Kyle, your wife is a hero. She, yeah. Uh, she earned a a stellar reputation by calling the day off of school that we had um, prior to the announcement. Uh, got got all of us excited and our hopes up, and it turned out that she knew what she was talking about. So yeah, uh, got a little dicey there. I got a little nervous there for a second. I thought she was backpedaling on me, but well, so that's one. Second, I I figured out. I told my wife the other day. There's one good thing as a result of this cold, this bitter, bitter cold that we've been having. Um, and that is that when you get up in the middle of the night and get a drink, is your, is your tap water like extra cold now? Oh, yeah. I love that. You just put it on all the way cold and it's like, it's like you just filled the glass with ice. So that's, the, I guess that's the, the one good thing. Yeah. Thanks, Brandon, for this. No uh, yeah. And uh, the other thing is, and, and we don't really have to have a, a discussion about this because it might be played out a little bit, but I, I get a kick out of when Urban Meyer goes wrong. And I thought it was pretty funny that he hired a strength coach out of all the strength coaches in the universe, hires the one that just got fired from Iowa, um, did some very questionable and said some very questionable things. Out of all the strength coaches that could get hired, uh, Urban chooses that one. And he lasted, I think, 24 hours on the job before he resigned. And, and uh, I just I find it funny when things don't go right for Urban Meyer because um, I, I think he's is not 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 coaching. He's not a fraud that way uh, because he wins. But I think he's a fraud when he says things like he's going to retire to spend time with his family or for health reasons. And then all of a sudden he's just back front and center. And I think Urban Meyer thought he was just going to kind of get away with this hire and people wouldn't really say much. and People wouldn't really notice because Urban Meyer trusts the guy. And it turned out it caused enough of a stir, of a stir that the guy himself had to resign. I don't, I don't even think he got fired. Uh, I think he decided he'd, wanted to just step away so those are my what's goods just a variety of things and also uh, an official shout out to our sponsor nebraska land bank for these drinks and snacks tonight i know we alluded or, or mentioned it but 
Uh, I wanted to get the official line in there. I created the second one from no matter at all, but the first one was sponsored by Nebraska Land Bank, but the second <laughs> one was from my, from my mind, but I wouldn't have had that idea without the first one they gave me, so I do appreciate the first pop. Superb. How about you, Andy? What's good with you? I, I guess I alluded to FCS football earlier, and then that kind of got okay. Shunned. We're good then. Yeah, we <laughs> yep, yep. Talk about that All anymore. right, moving on. Um, so, <laughs> Back to the Future has always been a go-to when I can't sleep. Um, that's just one of those movies that I turn on and magically, I I like listening to it as I fall asleep. I can relax. I've seen it a, a thousand times, whether it be one or two. Those are just on cycle, whatever I, I'm feeling. Not so much three. That's that's a topic for another night. Um, but tonight, we're going to be hopping into our own DeLorean and traveling back to yesteryear, a time for, for greener pastures. Um, we'll be focusing on things we miss about college football that are no longer a part of the game. And so when I think of this, I think of that scene from The Office where Andy Bernard at the very, in the very last episode goes, how do you know you're in the good old days before you leave them? And I feel like with college football, that's kind of a, a thing. And so um, Danny... What are you going to bring back in college football? What are we lacking in today's game? Okay, so unlike last week, I did put some thought into, into this topic. Um, I mulled over several things. I, I thought about tearaway jerseys. I really like those. Um, but and I, and I don't even know how to describe this, so I'm just going to start talking. And whenever you guys, whenever you guys have a thought, just interrupt. Just jump in and interrupt because I just want to kind of I just want to jump off into this conversation and see what you guys think. What I would say is I miss, I, I want to bring back a simpler viewing experience. And I hope I'm not taking someone else's topic here, but I would, I would, uh, I would describe it as a simpler viewing experience. And I'm going to draw the line of when things got too complicated as far as our viewing experience with whenever they started making the yellow line for first downs. Now the yellow line <laughs> itself, it doesn't bother me too much. I find it convenient, although I don't think it's, it's necessary. I feel like if you spent time watching college football this year, we're almost to the point where you're not certain what's real and what's fabricated with technology as far as some of the things that they're doing. Um, example is the basketball example, but recently watching NBA they have all these fake logos on the courts and stuff and sometimes when the players run past it it's not seamless and so you can tell that it's fake um, I just I want to I want to harken back to a time when you didn't have every single game available like you turned on ABC CBS I guess if you want to watch Notre Dame you'd turn on NBC they gave you the games that you could watch that weekend those are the games you watched. And I know that I know that I've talked about my multiple screens a lot, but it, it actually it, it adds stress and anxiety to the viewing experience, trying to figure out all the games that I want to watch and pay attention to. And so I guess what I want to bring back is, is, a, is, is a simpler viewing experience. And what it culminates, what I think really was the turning point for me is instant replay. I actually wish they would just get rid of all instant replay, get rid of a hundred different camera angles and zoom in. 
just let us watch the game on TV. If we want to get an in-person experience, we'll go to the game. If not, we kind of have that buffer, our TV screen, and we just watch the game. We let the referees make the decisions in real time. Whatever those decisions are, uh, we go with and we move on to the next play and we don't have to wait five minutes while they rehash it all and we and we review it and then we get some guy in that's going to say what he predicts the referees will decide after watching the instant replay. So it's kind of a jumble of things. Uh, I'll open it up to the group now, but I want to I just bring back a simpler viewing experience. Thoughts on that? Dana, I kind of I like what you're saying, and this has come from the guy who probably should be the least – uh, favorable to your opinion there, just because I'd like a thousand different screens and a thousand different angles and stuff. But I think it creates more meaning for the games that you're watching. You know, like if you can't watch every Husker game or every North Carolina game or whatever team you choose that season, you know, that one weekend where you get the primetime slot or the 11 a.m. slot, I think it, it enhances that meaning of the only time you could watch it. And so I, I, I kind of agree with you there, Danny. Yeah, and let me take you through, and I view everything through a Husker lens. Like growing up, Big Eight era, I would say three or four games might be televised throughout the throughout the season. And when when the Huskers were on, we knew we were going to sit down and watch the Huskers. Now, granted, we were winning national championships or close to winning national championships at that time, so it was a, a, a bigger draw. But then at some point. I would say maybe early 2000s, uh, it started to be, oh, well, that game's not on network television. It's not on ESPN. Can we get it on pay-per-view? And that's when I think things started to go the wrong direction. Is, is that At that point, we expect to be able to watch every single Husker game on television. And people are paying 50 to $75 to watch the Huskers blow some team out early in the year just because they can and I, I love multiple screens. I'm going to watch as many games as I can now. But in a lot of ways, I kind of I long for the day when you just flipped on the TV and whatever games were on you watched. I think it, it allowed you to experience more teams um, because now whatever team you're into, you're watching th those games and you kind of disregard the rest of them. But I don't know. I think technology is, has, has ruined it a little bit. The uh, the invention of the Big Ten Network probably would would rain up there, kind of with your your pay per view. I remember right. my dad ordering pay per view games. Uh, but yeah, a couple of things just coming off of what you said. the The trippiest part about the NBA logos is like when you have like the normal camera, you can see them all. But then as soon as you get like the the camera that's underneath the rim or whatever, and then you see the floor it's like a completely blank floor and it kind of is just a mind trip. It's like, I thought there was just a logo right there. Uh, but it almost seems like you're, you're kind of describing two different things. Like honestly, like obviously one, just the too much technology, too easy to watch the game. But uh, I think kind of what I got from it is how much the, the end game or like the in-person game experiences has then been lessened because you can honestly watch more games, probably from a better angle. The cameras are so good that it looks better. Uh, it, it's definitely hurt the going to the game experience, actually, because some people prefer to watch it on TV with all the angles and the high-def cameras. Yep. 
that and that's that's part of my thinking too like it used to be and i'm not saying i don't know i'm i'm saying a lot of different things but go back to the 90s where you watch a game on television it's kind of blurry like you can't make out everything perfectly but it's still it's still football it's still your team but then when you get to go to the stadium and that first time when you walk into a full like college football stadium it's just amazing like how clear things are uh, you can work your way up to the front and get a really close up good view of your favorite players. And it's almost like you have a better close up view watching on TV now. And it, it kind of like, I, I think you're right. It, 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 it makes the experience in person less. Um, you have, you have NFL stadiums now that are like, putting TVs and stuff in the seats so that people can be watching red zone while they're sitting in an NFL stadium. That's my, that, that's my change. I don't know if you guys agree or, or disagree with that, but. Uh, I agree with thoughts. everything you said. I thought it was, I, I agree with it all. Yeah. I think emphasizing the in game experience would be kind of what I would, what I would take from what you were saying is if it takes lowering the, the quality of the TV watching experience to help raise the in-game experience, I'd be all for it. What about instant replay? If you could either keep it as it is or abolish it, those are your only choices. I think what would you, you vote to do? I think if you diminish like kind of the and simplify the TV presentation of it, you know what I mean? People aren't going to notice as many bad calls, you know, but when they when they bring so much attention to it and like you said oh here comes Dean Blandino or whatever his name he's going to talk about it now too and if you just people at the stadium might not recognize it depending on if in this alternate world that we have the jumbotrons and everything or if we don't but uh they're probably not going to notice but like think of the 1982 Nebraska uh, Penn State, where the Penn State guy was out of bounds and stuff, and he didn't clearly know, you know what I mean, and it had been debated for a long time, and then it's just people are less like it was a blown call, and just like, man, that's just, he was called, he was called in bounds, he got the ball, you know, so I think uh, I'd do away with the with the instant replay challenge. To me, to me, live sports should be live sports, like it's up to the to the athletes, the coaches and the officials in real time to make the contest happen the best it can. Um, But now we're sort of allowing, I think, allowing the amazing technology we have to change live sports to not being live sports anymore. Like everything's reviewable. You have golf where people are watching on TV. Calling in in if somebody should be penalized. Yeah. You know, what the heck? Let the people that are there doing it in real time make the decisions, compete, and let us watch it on TV and, you know, whine to the people we're watching the game with about a bad call. I I honestly thought that college football had the the best replay system when it first came out, and now they've kind of lost me with all of the – the penalty reviews or the targeting reviews like that's the one part that I really hate but at first I actually thought they had the best because they made sure they got the wrong calls right and it didn't ever feel like it took long 
but now it just keeps getting expanded and i don't know if that's necessarily if, a good thing that we're not really has the worst yeah oh oh uh, basketball it gets hard to watch sometimes because they're reviewing out of bounds calls then that's again if you have to stop the game slow it down in high definition rewind go forward rewind go forward and try to determine if it tipped off a guy's finger or not like that that ruins the experience of live sports to me it becomes more of a video game yeah. than than a live sport and if we can't the, sim- the 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 best use of technology we could do in football is first downs and touchdowns like bring technology in so you're not measuring a first down by chains you know, if we have the technology to do all this other stuff, why can't we immediately know, oh, yeah, they, they crossed the line to gain or they didn't. Well, like that, Danny, if that's would... not the thing that we're messing with, but we're doing all this other stuff, then I, I'd say erase it all. Let the officials, the athletes and the coaches just do the best job that they can and, and take whatever the result is. Danny, what would your duty be for all those JV and sophomore games if they didn't have a chain gang, though? Oh, we wouldn't have that technology available here. Oh, okay. No. Here would be, I guess, the the change I would make, especially for football, and I would even say in basketball, but, like, because I do think there's a time and place for replay because you don't want the biggest games of the season being decided by a, a terrible missed call. But I think they should have to do the replays at either, like, real speed or at most half speed. But like when you're saying like they're when they're zooming in and they're going frame by frame, that's when they lose me. So if if the call is so egregious that you can see what the right call should be if if they if they're watching the replays at at full speed, then I think fix it. Uh, because in basketball, like that they'll slow it down so much that like it's just like a rule of like pickup games in every game you've ever played like if you go up and block somebody's shot, it's like good block shot. But if the ball goes out of bounds, it's still the offense's ball. But like now they'll slow it down so much frame by frame. And I would say 90% of the time, if you block the shot, it's always going to be grazing off of the shooter's hand because that's where the ball's coming down on. And to me, it's the let, and I think we've talked about it before, but it's the the letter of the law versus kind of the, the purpose of the law. And okay, so here's a dumb comment, and you can hammer me for this. But if we're in football, okay, so the the referees are sitting there watching the game, making the best quick judgment call they can. They make a mistake, so we're going to say, okay, stop the game, let's review it, let's let the officials have a redo if they made a mistake. Well, what about coaches who make a mistake in the game? What about players who make an error of judgment in the game? Like we're allowing one entity of this contest to have a redo while everyone else doesn't get a redo. Like to me, they're all in it together trying to ensure that the game is played in the best way possible. Let it go. Yeah. Why but do we the, have to stop and say, Oh, the officials made a mistake. So now we'll replay it. Well, what if the quarterback makes the wrong read? Like we don't give him a redo. But the players and the coaches are the ones competing. Like the reason why the officials are there is because two teams are competing against each other. So you would want the most unbiased and fair way to rule them. And in a perfect world, you wouldn't need officials and you would just kind of call your own fouls or call your own out of bounds. But 
the officials are there to to make sure the game goes smoothly. Right. And if the officials are the cause of the game not going smoothly, then they need to have that little leeway built in. Yeah. I, I'd say you get, let, let them make the decision in real time like everyone else is doing. Or I'll, I'll, call, I'll go for eliminating officials too, and we just let the players make the calls like, like the playground. A little bit easier to do in basketball <laughs> than it is in football. <laughs> no, I'll – I'll have better ideas over the coming days. Something will pop into my mind and I'll have to text you guys about it. But uh, that's just, that's just what came to me when I was thinking about the topic today. I think we've exhausted this one though. What else, what else do we got? For, I was thinking back and I struggled with this one. Um, Part of me says I missed the BCS, but I think I might be the only one to do that. And I, I, I don't, I just missed the formula that it was a definite, this was how you're going to get into the national championship. But uh, then I thought about more regional games. I missed the Kansas K-State, Iowa State, those types. But I feel like we've uh, exhausted that. But I think what I'm going to settle on is I hate how big recruiting has become. Um, and I, I feel like Danny, Danny Whitney right there. I, 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 I've gotten to the point and I think it's maybe because I've, I've read, I've drank the Kool-Aid for too long and you hear about all these new recruits or who are going to be the answer and things like that. And you realize it's more culture. It's more uh, recent success and stuff. And I, I don't care if you get the best guys, if they're not put in a position to win, or if the culture's not ready for, for the wins, you know, nothing's going to turn the corner. And I just, we make this big deal about, 25 names every year that we that we hear or we don't hear two-thirds of them sometimes and you know I, I've, I've I'm, I'm stopping drinking that kool-aid and i'm gonna drink your kool-aid danny okay so you're with me whenever recruiting gets brought up we're just going to talk about the weather no no i'll still talk recruiting i just I've, i'm <laughs> i'm realizing my conundrum you know what, here you know what's massively changed recruiting in the last 10 years social technology media. <laughs> technology yeah social media the fact that every game is available to be to be viewed it recruiting i don't think is regional at all anymore and every recruit is putting together an amazing uh highlight reel and, and everybody's got access to the same programs and graphics and everything and i don't i think if you're a good football player it's in you know it's in your best interest now because the reach is unlimited of who you can uh, make yourself available to. I, I don't know. I've, I can see both sides of the coin on this one because on one hand, like these guys, because, and, and of course, some of the top recruits that people are fighting for are also going to be the guys that are eventually drafted in the NFL, but not all of them. Um, and so you're, you're taking probably the biggest decision and the kind of the 15 minute of fame that these kids are going to have. And you're telling them, don't do it the way you want to have less fun doing it, make it boring. Just, just pick your school and, and move on and, and kind of just dull it down a little bit. And I think why not let the kids enjoy their, their time in the sun. But then, uh, I'll also see, uh, kids that are going to just to kind of to use some of the schools that are local, the, the, the smaller schools that 
really they get to play football or basketball or whatever, but really it's not like a scholarship where they're getting a full ride and they'll make the, they'll, they'll type in the things on the notes on their phone and they'll screenshot that. And then they'll put this graphic up and say, I just want to thank my family and friends and my coaches for everything. Uh, that being said, I, I'm going to sign on to play at wherever. And then it's just like, mm, maybe we should leave all that stuff to kids actually getting substantial full ride scholarships. But, uh, oh, again, that's, but that's just me being picky and trying to play both sides of the fence. So um, like I said, it, it doesn't hurt my feelings at all. So let these players enjoy themselves. Here, let me amend my original statement. Maybe I'm more leaning towards the old guys who comment on those announcements. The people who are all excited when they sign on, but then trash them when they transfer or tra trash them when they ask for, out of their letter to be closer to whatever, you know. Um, and so maybe that's it. You know, I, I agree with you, Kyle. You know, if you have the means to make a, a cool commitment video, like maybe one of our own's committing back to the to the Husker fandom because that, that recruitment video is out there somewhere, isn't there, BP? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, if you have the means to do that and you know how to do that, like, you know, Kyle, I think you hit on the head, go go for it. But just the, the social media commenters who are all in or all out kind of drive me nuts. I'm all about the kids making a big deal about it for themselves. I mean, that that's huge. That's a made massively impactful thing. Uh, thing in their life I think to me it's the over analysis and the constant year-round analysis of recruitment I think people are just so hungry for reading and thinking about their favorite team all year round that people are more than willing to provide that sort of information for them as far as recruitment analysis rankings all that stuff because it gives people who are bored at work something to read about on the message boards and, and to talk about. So I think it's just sort of a, a systematic thing. And I don't blame the kids at all for being excited about, uh, you know, choosing a college to go to. And furthermore, I'll just, what I've said before, I just don't care. Like, mo like you can rank and you can analyze, but at some point the players are going to be out on the field and, and we'll see really who the good college football players are uh, because those are the ones that, I, you know, I'll know their name and number by the end of the season. Jersey number, not phone number. <laughs> Kyle, what would, what did you change? Do you, do you, Kyle? Do you read all? Like, are you reading articles right no, now? About no, I'm, Oscar I'm recruiting? not. I'm not big into recruiting because, especially like my dad always got the the Husker Illustrated magazine, and. Uh, it has a section in recruiting in there. And I'll be honest, like there's a lot of people that the Huskers will either be looking at or like in a fight for. And I'll tell you what, like there's never a kid that has, that gets the looks from a D1 school that doesn't look good in like the Under Armour tight shirt. And cause that's always the one that they're, that they're showing on there. Or like when they're, when they're at the game and they're rocking their hoodies and they're, sideline pass like everybody looks good getting off the bus when you're getting recruited by a, a d1 program it, what i'll say is like in terms of recruiting 
Like, I really don't look at the, the stars or anything like that. I'll look at, like, when they say, like, oh, Nebraska got this recruit and he picked us over um, Oregon, Alabama, Florida State, and Texas. Then I'll tell myself, oh, wow, that guy must be pretty good. And then if, if, we, if that kid's a four-star and then we get another four-star and it's like, oh, they picked us over Maryland, Virginia Tech, and – uh buffalo then i'm like oh, okay so i'm i'm not too excited about him like i kind of use the other schools that i think that are good as kind of my barometer on on where i think the huskers are sitting so what do you what, what do you guys think about not, not the tweet of when you decided where to go but the tweet of blessed to receive an offer from such and such school and then they put like the stock photograph of that school's logo on Twitter, so it's <laughs> not even stadium. announcing the school. You, yeah, and the stadium or like some other players on that team. Those ones always make me laugh. Blessed to receive an offer from such and such because it's really probably doing what you're saying. It's like, hey, I'm a good enough player that. Uh, yeah. It was Iowa State today is the one I saw. Some some kid from like Council Bluffs or Omaha got an offer from Iowa State, and he put a picture of like the the logo that they don't even really use anymore. And then a picture of like Brees Hall running the ball. And I think this kid's like a linebacker. But yeah. really what they're saying is, hey, I'm good enough that Iowa State wants me to. In in terms of, of that, it would be kind of a Andy Butler humble brag. It depends on the level of school that's actually recruiting you. Because I will say I, th I thought it was pretty sweet because like I knew some of the kids in Nebraska for basketball were pretty good. But when when Hunter Solace is putting on Twitter, uh, I'm blessed to receive an offer from North Carolina, or there's a, a freshman girls basketball player who's, who's already getting recruited from like, she's like, I'm, I'm blessed to receive a, a scholarship offer from South Carolina. Like when, again, it kind of goes back to my thing. Like if somebody's saying uh, Morningside college, then why are, why are we looking at it? But when, when one of the top, schools and the nation is offering you then yeah i think that's pretty cool okay so i got two things here one i think it'd be hilarious to just because you know how every every school's athletic program just has some website where you can go like submit your name and say you're you know just basically a recruitment page yeah so what if you go submit your information and then you say something like uh blessed to be looking at pursuing my education at Duke university, because technically that's not lying. Secondly, I think it'd be funny if we did blessed to receive an offer from, and then just put all of the schools that Andy Butler received <laughs> offers from and put that on our sing second uh, Twitter page. I, I do enjoy like, and it happens to everybody because nobody really knows how, college recruitment works unless you're really really good but like I don't even know like you'll mark a couple of things down on a little checkbox that you don't even know matters and then like you'll start getting mail from such and such college and then some people be like oh wow uh, uh, Black Hill State and Spearfish South Dakota is, is recruiting me it's like no I, I really think they send out a thousand of those things. I don't know if, if you're going to be the next high recruit, but. Uh -huh. so I should have, when I, when I was applying for, 
for uh, teaching jobs, I should have put blessed to send her a letter of interest to uh, such and such schools. Yeah. Yeah. I got a job offer from uh, Hay Center High School, small, really small school, almost to Kansas. I should have put on Twitter, uh, blessed to receive an offer from Hay Center High School. And then put a picture of the, the Cardinal. Well, I'm just glad to, to know yeah, that. Just, yeah, just take a picture with my Polaroid <laughs> of a red bird. <laughs> and he's on my team. We both hate recruiting talk. Kyle, yeah. what's your change? Uh, you've mentioned it a couple of times. I, I've been kicking around the idea. I kind of want to bring back aspects of the uh, of the BCS and I think we've mentioned it on here a couple of different times how much of the pomp and circumstance this whole committee is on how they always are are in this big room with big tables with free bottles of Dasani or Aquafina water bottles sitting at every chair and how they're going to decide the, the future of, of whatever four teams and what four teams are going to go. And I honestly don't know why we had to go straight from the BCS to this committee when it wasn't really the BCS people were having a problem with. Everybody just wanted to have a tournament or have four teams instead of two. So I don't know why we aren't just using a system similar to the BCS and using some sort of formula to pick the final four teams instead of this innocuous mem 13 member committee. I think, I don't think anything was wrong with the, with the formula it was just people wanted more teams in it. So just take the BCS formula or something similar to it and kind of stretch that into your, your four teams. But uh, I think the, the issue with that is people love the committee because it allows them to, to build up all of these different conversations you can have. And it, it stretches uh, the instead of just spitting out the the formula and saying here are your four teams, it's well here are our four teams and this is why there are four teams and you can you can stretch instead of having a thirty minute release you can stretch it into the, a two hour show about well why didn't you pick these guys instead of these guys or last week you said this was important but now this week you say this one's more important and so like I said. I, I would bring back aspects of the BCS and apply it to the four-team tournament that we have. My favorite part about every week when they release their new rankings is whoever the head of the committee is has to make a little parade around all the all the news, you know, sports news channels, and has to justify everything that they said. That that has to be equal to like being the press secretary for the president because you have to remember exactly what you said the week before. So you don't contradict yourself this week. You have to have all the justifications in order for why this team is this team. And then you've always got to talk about strength of schedule. Like that, that's, that's my favorite part about it. And I, I, I do like the committee, actually. I like the idea that it's a group of people that have to kind of sit around and, and hash it out. Just look, Alabama beat McNeese State, who beat Division Two. Power transition to FCS, Tarleton State in double overtime. <laughs> Ohio State had six bye weeks. They don't deserve it. And that, uh, and I don't know. Couldn't the committee bring in a uh, sort of a, a mathematical component to it and have have that 
weight into what their decisions are. Until it doesn't fit their narrative. But you're, but I think Kyle is exactly right. People are just going to whine and complain about whatever the system is until we expand the playoff to more teams. Have a 126-team tournament. That's the way you do it. With relegation? With relegation. Winners play winners. Losers play losers. Andy had every uh, every bracket for every weight class of the state wrestling tournament printed off today and and had them like all filled in did that's i've never met a guy that likes brackets more than more than andy there is one thing you said that was surprising there what was that what no there wasn't a single thing that surprised me there i was looking to see what was surprising there i was i was intrigued there kyle brandon what's your change well, my change has more to do with, I guess, what's going on outside of the game. Or it's in the game, but it's like what the people are wearing. I want to bring back the golden era of college football and sports apparel in general. You know, I, I think I want everybody to be wearing the poofy jackets again. I want the jaggedy shark tooth marks on the on the hats and not just some kind of like remake, you know, and just bringing it back. I just want it to be, people are wearing it again because it's cool. Like huge, all the apparel and everything people wear now looks the exact same. It's not, it's not unique. It's all the same kind of thing. And uh, I mean, one company will make a minor change and then everybody else emulates that as best they can. And I want to go back to a time where hats looked uh, kind of crazy. Even Tom Osborne back in the day wore some hats that were a little, a little crazy, a little wild for, for old Dr. Tom, you know, and then and the bright jackets and everything. And also those little buttons that have the name of the school with the little ribbon and like the golden metal football dangling underneath those little buttons that used to get just for going to any any game like I used to have some from Nebraska I used to have some from like going to a multitude of Wyoming Cowboys stuff and uh, those little buttons are awesome that's the hat I'm talking about right there choose some freaking gum while you're wearing that and yeah this is the 1994-1995 Husker National Championship remember the game the brand that was called the game yep and they also made those white hats that everyone wore for a while. Yep. I want, oh, I had I a, want all that I, stuff back. I had a period of time where I was scouring eBay to find, like, retro Husker stuff. Got this hat. like it. I like it. Oh. So that's it. Oh. Back. Which is interesting coming from the guy who supports Oregon. With all the flashiness. It's they think it's flashy, but it, no, it's I, all it's all the same thing. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, here's this. It's a it's a bright yellow. It's like oh, a, a slender fitting hoodie. You know, like oh wow, we like every school doesn't have those. You know, I, I just want stuff that makes more of a statement. Stuff more that you would see like the Dallas Cowboy players wear, like in the '90s, just when they're out and about. You know. Miss the champion jackets. 
I miss those, the the starter jackets, the logo yeah. seven jackets. There was like all these different brands. I had to like I remember like going to a mall and seeing this logo seven Nebraska coat. And I was like, dude, that is the coolest coat I ever saw. So my parents got it for me and it lasted forever. It's probably somewhere, probably somewhere home at the Peterson homestead. And I should see if it's still there. And I'll bet, I'll bet it's not worn out at all. It lasts forever. I kind of feel like there's a theme here. I feel like we're all just sort of yearning for the past. Yeah. Well, just like Andy started with the, the office quote, I wish they could tell you were, you were in the good old days when you're still in them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the kids now, 15 years from now, are going to be begging for whatever it was that they have now. Like they, they're going to want the – the Under Armour, whatever, and they're going to want the the looks of, of this year that are 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 more like more sleek and more um, I don't know. All all logos are kind of similar now. Where like even if you you just track the progression of certain teams as um, logos, like if you go back to the '80s and '90s, most of the logos were more I don't know, for lack of a better word, corny like more cartoonish and now everything's just got to be sleek and intimidating and uh, have ulterior motives or like if you look at the Miami Heat jerseys now they have all the Miami Vice color schemes and instead of just the Miami Heat which would be red and and fiery and stuff like that now that's it's blue and it's pink and it's got more roots to Miami itself and I don't know there's going to be kids that are growing up now or in college now that are going to be like, man, you want to know what I miss? Whatever is going on right now. And so. I feel like there's, I feel like there's a reference to basketball at the beginning when uh, they're moving all the teams around and they move the Minnesota Lakers to Los Angeles where there are no lakes and stuff like that. And how they will, they used to be black, but now they're blue and pink, and all those people are going to yearn for all those blue and pink teams and stuff like that, and just how they have no real connection to the original bunch, if you would. We might need to balance ourselves out. Maybe our next uh, episode needs to be like, what what aspects of modern college football do we really appreciate? I really like the first down line. <laughs> That's what about the, uh, the dumbest one is the is the actually there's two not to go back to this but the field goal zone and then in NBA basketball when they put the shot clock like in the like in the top of the key. line yeah like what's the point of that it's just because they can do it because they can no nope. because they can so I think to sum it up we all kind of want it to be 1997 again. I was six. That was a good year for me. Yeah. That's probably when the recruitment process started. Like yes. You started yes, getting yes. letters and that's just, yeah, that's when Andy's recruitment process started. <laughs> yeah. That's where it started. What was that? Would that be like third grade, second grade, six years old, first grade, maybe? I don't know. I was six. 
that's how old I was when I thought I was going to play football for the Huskers. Turns out you're lean and no, not real big I, at all. No, weighed 100 pounds as a freshman. <laughs> yeah. Anywho, make sure you do follow us on Instagram, Twitter, email us if you're old school, like what we all want to be nowadays. And at the end of the day, make sure you sing second. Second.